The following program is sponsored by Evangelical Life Ministries. Welcome to Engaging Truth, the manifestation of God's Word in the lives of people around us. Join us each week as we explore the impact of His message of spiritual renewal. From the lesson of forgiveness forged in the crucible of divorce, to the message of salvation learned by an executioner from a condemned killer, to the gift of freedom found in the rescue of victims of human trafficking. This is God's Truth in Action. Welcome to Engaging Truth. I'm your host, Matt Popovitz, and with me on the program today is Denise Montanay. She's a best-selling author. She's done work with the UN, and she's the founder of Together for Life Ministries, offering hope and healing to people affected by abortion and pregnancy loss. And we're so thankful that she's able to be a guest with us here on Engaging Truth. Denise, welcome to the program. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's our pleasure to have you. Uh, you've written uh, a handful of books, uh, the most recent entitled The Bride, the Serpent, and the Seed. And it's a book that tells your story. Uh, the Lord used your story um, with uh, abortion to draw you into this, this life work of really educating people to the aftermath and the effects of, of abortion. Uh, tell us a bit about your story and how God has used that to draw you into this work. Yes, well, Pastor Matt, I think my story is very typical for a lot of women in our generation. Um, some things happened to me that, that sadly and tragically is happening to many women around the world. And uh, I think my story really starts, and that's how I started in my book, is when I was raped at the age of 13. So like so many, my virginity was stolen. When I was 13 years old, I never gave it away, but it did damage me in some ways. I felt like a piece of garbage. I never told anyone. I was afraid of the repercussions. I, I felt dirty. And um, I, I began to drink, do drugs. Um, I became promiscuous, looking for love in all the wrong places, because I thought no nice guy will ever want to marry me because I'm not a virgin. And uh, so then I, at the age of 16, I had my first love, and uh, I thought this was it, and we were intimate, and at the age of 16, I was pregnant with my first child. And so in a nutshell, uh, when I found out that I was pregnant, my initial reaction was, I'm going to have this baby, and I thought, I'll just work as long as I can work, and have this baby, and I knew my parents would be disappointed because I was only 16, but I figured, you know, it'd be okay. But when I told my mother that I was pregnant, her advice to me was, Denise, honey, you're only 16. You have your whole life ahead of you. She said, why don't you just come with me and you can have this operation and just forget about it and get on with your life. So I thought, oh, I can get unpregnant? It's okay with my mom. It's okay with the doctors. It's okay uh, with the government. So I thought, well, it must be okay. And like many young women, I went to a hospital at that time, and they put me to sleep. There was never any information given to me about what an abortion really is, what it was doing, how it could affect me. There was nothing no information at all given to me. My mother made the appointment. I went in the hospital. I did contact my boyfriend and tell him, you know, that I was pregnant, that he was the father. 
Well, he went into denial, typically for many young men, and, uh, you know, said that he had a prostate problem. I'm thinking, what's a prostate? But he was in total denial. He had three children later on in his life. And uh, I said, well, never mind. Um, you know, uh, I said, you know, I'll just go ahead and uh, have this operation and forget about it and get on with my life. So I had that first abortion at the age of 16. I tried to forget about it, get on with my life. However, you know, um, 10 years later at the age of 26, and I'm drinking, I'm doing drugs, I'm I'm a career woman, you know, I had a good job, uh, looking for love again, you know, and being intimate. Uh, I did not grow up in a Christian family or home. And I was pregnant the second time. Now, the second time I was pregnant, when I told my boyfriend at that time that I was pregnant, he went in a fit of rage. You better have an abortion. I never want to see you again. How could you do this to me? And he was very angry that I got pregnant. And uh, so my I, my heart was crushed. I thought he loved me, you know. Um, and so I ended up uh, telling my mom I was pregnant. And she was like, Denise, you know, you better have an abortion. Um, you know, you're not married. Uh, this isn't good timing, whatever. And again, so many young pregnant women are pressured into having an abortion. And I had that second abortion in a Buffalo, New York abortion clinic because I was living in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And um, when the doctor told me I was pregnant at that time, the second time, I said, what's there? What's developed? And he took a blank piece of paper and he just put a little dot on the page and he said, oh, it's nothing. It's just a clump of tissue. Well, he totally lied to me. I had no idea about the truth of fetal development. I'm thinking, okay, it's just a clump of tissue at this point. No big deal. You know, go and have a second abortion. But this time, it was in this abortion clinic in Buffalo, wide awake, during the whole procedure. And it was so traumatic. It was excruciatingly painful. I felt like my insides were being uh, just ripped apart. And I felt like I was being raped again. That is how abortion felt to me, wide awake, in an abortion clinic, when they were taking the life of my child. But at the time, I had no idea, did not realize the humanity of the child in the womb. And so the second abortion, very traumatic. I got an infection, damaged cervix, badly scarred uterus. I let myself go. I didn't care about myself. I just wanted to die. I went into a deep depression. I isolated myself. I left my job. I left everything, went, you know, very deep into a pit of despair and just tried to drink and do drugs and, you know, and forget about it and just try and kill the pain. And like many women, um, you know, it was, it was horrible, dark, dark time. And then, but not really necessarily connecting the connecting the dots and most relationships never survive an abortion so that that relationship ended and then i just went out on a one night stand with a girlfriend and went out on a one night stand got pregnant a third time and tragically about 50% of women who have one abortion will have multiple abortions 
because we're not really dealing with what an abortion is and what it's really doing. And we just push it down, shove it down because it's legal. So we think it must be okay. It's acceptable in society. You know, nobody's, uh, hardly anybody, there's no protest. There was no protest or anything when I went for all my abortions. There were no uh, protesters, nothing. And so, you know, we believe the lie. And I went and I got pregnant third time, had an abortion. Uh, but this time I went back to a hospital, so they put me asleep and just tried to forget about it and get on with my life. And then at the age of 30, the lights came on. I was seeking God. I thought, who is God? Is there a God? Where is God? And, you know, I, I, when I came to the Lord Jesus Christ, that's when I surrendered my life because I, I was so amazed that out of all the different prophets and gods in the world, that Jesus Christ died on the cross for even the sin of abortion. When I got the revelation, Pastor Matt, that abortion took the lives of my children, that these were my babies. I was devastated. I was crushed. I went into major grieving and wailing at the revelation that abortion killed my children, that they were not clumps of tissue like the abortion people told me. These were, these were children created in the image of God and that abortion was murder and that these abortion doctors, so-called doctors, took the lives of my children. And I was ignorant and I was never informed about it. And so my passion uh, is that people need to be informed about what an abortion is what it does to children in the womb, how it damages, how it damaged me, and how it's killing women and children created in the image of God. I'd like to talk a bit about that that impact that abortion has uh, on the lives of, of women who undergo the procedure. Uh, but before we go there, I, I want to touch back on this this transformative experience you had. You said you were seeking, you were looking for God. And you found him, and one of the things God made made you aware of was the fact that um, that these these abortions had led to the the, the death of your children. Yeah. Um, but which which of course is the realization of of of, of a deep and grave sin, right, on your part. Yeah. But on the other side of that revelation of sin was it's it's it sounds very clearly to me the discovery of grace and mercy mm-hmm. and forgiveness. Um, odds are that someone is listening to this this episode right now, and they have uh, maybe they're a woman who's had one or more abortions, or they're a, a man who has um, who's lost a child to abortion, um, and they are in desperate need of hearing God's word of grace to them, just like you heard it. Yeah. What what would be that word of grace to them who need to hear it? Well, my favorite song is Amazing Grace that God would forgive a wretch like I was. And, you know, it, it really is simple. We just merely need to humble ourselves, <clears throat> confess our fault that, hey, this was wrong. Abortion was wrong. That it took the life of my child or children. And, and you ask God to forgive you, and, and he does, which is so amazing. But God, you know, he, yes, he wants, us to be forgiven 
and we are forgiven. But the most difficult part I found, and many women people find, is to forgive yourself. But we must forgive ourselves because if we don't, then kind of what we're saying is what Jesus did isn't good enough. So we have to forgive ourselves and then ask the Lord, what does he want us to do to be a voice for our children who had no voice? Proverbs 31.8 declares, you know, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves and the rights of the needy. And then the Lord showed me Revelation 12.11 that we defeat Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony and did not love our lives even unto death. Because, Pastor Matt, I believe God's judgments are coming to the world because have we been the salt and light on this issue? Abortion is the shedding of innocent blood. It pollutes the land, the Bible says. And God hates the shedding of innocent blood. And Jesus said that if we lose our saltiness, we're no good but to be trampled on by the foot of man. And salt preserves his way, his truth, his his life. And salt was also used as a preservative to stop flesh from rotting. And so this is an abomination to God that we are tolerating this great human rights crime against humanity in our generation at the tune of millions of children being slaughtered every day in their mother's womb, which should be the safest place in the world for an unborn child to be. But all these women and men and people who've been involved in the abortion industry or abortion need to know they can be forgiven and set free through the blood of Jesus to repent, turn around, and then be a voice for the voiceless and make a difference in our generation. And some of the complications that are out there now are uh, like breast cancer is huge. I I was actually involved in um, producing a documentary called Hush, and, and it's also in my book, The Bride, the Serpent, and the Seed. And um, you know, uh, I I know Dr. Angela Lanfranchi with the Breast Cancer Prevention Institute in New York, and uh, she has testified in court and all over the world regarding the breast cancer link to abortion, which is huge. But there's such a cover-up. There's such a silence. The first study was done in Japan in 1957. There's now over 60 published studies in peer-reviewed medical journals linking breast cancer to abortion. It has to do with the hormones. It has to do with estrogen-positive breast cancer, which is most of the breast cancers. China did a huge meta-analysis a few years ago and they found that women that one abortion increases the risk of breast cancer by a whopping 44 percent and yet there's a cover-up nobody knows about it because the cancer societies you know they all say oh yes you know having your babies under 24 reduces breast cancer Uh, breastfeeding reduces breast cancer. The more babies you have, the more it reduces breast cancer. But they deny the abortion link. So most abortions are done when women are under the age of 24. The first abortion is usually the first pregnancy under the age of 24. Of course, you're not going to breastfeed, and you may never be able to have children in the aftermath. As many of my girlfriends who also had abortions could never have children after their so-called safe and legal abortion. 
And uh, the second major uh, complication I find is the uh, cervical and uterine damage causing premature births in subsequent wanted children. So you've had your one or two abortions, and then down the road, now you met Mr. Prince Charming, you want to get married, you get married, and you want to get pregnant and have your babies, and either you can't have a child or your cervix is so damaged that you cannot hold the baby, and you have miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage. And I know many women who suffered, or you have a premature birth. And um, there's now over 100 published studies showing uh, that women who have uh, an induced abortion have a much higher risk um, from 34 countries, 100, over 100 studies from 34 countries now show an increased risk in cervical damage after induced abortion. And uh, they found that one abortion increases the risk by 45%, which is a huge number. And the problem with uh, babies that are born preterm or prematurely is that it can result in deafness, blindness, cerebral palsy, autism, all kinds of problems for that child. And now over 15 million children a year are born prematurely. And I, I work with Dr. Um, McCaffrey, who's an American neonatal surgeon, and he is on top of this evidence. Like there's all these published studies and no one's talking about it. And the third problem that I think is crucial when it comes to legal abortion is how it affects women's spiritual and mental health. Because one day, Pastor Matt, it hits you. Oh my gosh, I should have a 10-year-old, a 5-year-old, a 25-year-old, a 40-year-old, whatever it is, and you cannot change it. And the, the grief, the guilt, the remorse, it hits you because we suppress it for so many years. It can affect your sex life because abortion is connected to sex. It can mm -hmm. affect your parenting if you can have children. This one's alive, those ones aren't. And, and, you know, it is so detrimental to women and depression, suicides. Women who have an yeah. abortion are six times more likely to attempt or commit suicide in the aftermath. I know personally two women who committed suicide. I know women who've had breast cancer after abortions. You know, so there's all these complications. And we need to get this education and awareness out there big time that abortion is not a safe procedure, that it is not a competition. When I learned, Pastor Matt, that from the moment of conception, that all the DNA is there. Even Psalm 139 declares that God knit us together in our mother's womb. I mean, it is so phenomenal that by three to four weeks after conception, we had a beating heart, that by seven, eight weeks, all the vital organs are formed, by Eight, nine weeks, there's little arms and legs, fingers and toes. These are children created in the image of God. God had a purpose and a plan for every single human being. But Satan is the father of lies, a murderer from the beginning. And he has so deceived our generation into thinking it's a woman's right to have her baby killed. And you can't stop me. And by the way, I want you to pay for it. And we need to be resisting 
and and we need to be actively protesting uh, the slaughter of children because of the science, the evidence is there, and we need to be making a difference for such a time as this. What's interesting is that you often hear today that that people want people will declare that they're they're pro science, follow the science, believe the science, except when it comes to the the reality of abortion. All of a sudden, we throw science out the window that tells us that it's a human life, that tells us it's detrimental to the emotional, physical, uh, spiritual well-being of the, the women who receive it and, and the men who are complicit in it, um, that it's detrimental to all these things. The science tells us that, but all this, but because it's a political issue. And it's connected to um, uh, divergent worldviews. All of a sudden, that, that science kind of goes out the window. Um, but but you, you make a couple really great important points that I want to highlight. Number one, uh, forgiveness is is for everybody. Grace is there. Grace and mercy is greater than whatever guilt you feel over the things that you've done, be it abortion or anything else. And there is no condemnation. No judgment for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so number one, for those who are listening, if you feel the guilt, the weight, the heaviness uh, of, of having had an abortion or being party to one in any capacity, know this, that Jesus Christ has lived perfectly for you, died sacrificially for you, and risen out of your tomb, the tomb of your unborn children for you. And because of his work, um, you, there is forgiveness, grace, and mercy for you and the opportunity to now walk in a new direction as a whole new creation, right? Yeah. Um, and, and the opportunity to walk in that whole new direction as a whole new creation on this important issue of abortion um, is the opportunity to, to join you, perhaps, in the fight of, of raising awareness about the reality of abortion. If someone wants to partner, Denise, with, with you and the work that you do, how, how can they do that? Well, I would encourage them to uh, contact me through my website. It's www.togetherforlife.com dot net net uh that's probably the best way to get a hold of me um you know i'm happy to get my book and these dvds out there because uh this is a, a message you can't argue with and i just briefly want to share also a very important thing that happened um when i was a young christian uh and i had surrendered my life to the lord one night my little apartment in toronto before i met my husband um uh, I, I actually had a vision where Jesus Christ appeared to me with my very own three aborted children, as old as they would have been at that time. And I just started bawling. I just knew their names. Uh, uh, all that I could do is ask each one, Jennifer, Daniel, and Rebecca, to forgive me. They were beautiful, gorgeous-looking children, three different fathers. And each one forgave me. They said, I forgive you, mommy. I forgive you, mom. And uh, and then I was wiping the tears and they disappeared. And so our children are with the Lord in the heavenly host up there. And uh, God wants us to be a voice for our children and to make a difference in our generation, to rescue those being unjustly sentenced to death, according to Proverbs 24, 11 and 12. And so to help me would be, I, of course, you know, I, this is my full-time ministry, so I, I don't get a wage or a salary, but God has opened many doors for me to go into the United Nations, even into the World Health Organization for the last eight years into Geneva, Switzerland, and into New York, where he's opened doors to meet with the UN ambassadors and delegates 
And uh, so it, it's a huge mission in our generation, and I appreciate this opportunity to share with you and your listeners. And, uh, you know, uh, the big vision is I want to make a movie because we need to reach the masses with what really happens and how God can take a mess and turn it into a message for his kingdom and his glory. Denise Montanay, thank you so much for joining us here on Engaging Truth. Once again, her website is togetherforlife.net. Thanks for being with us, Denise. Thank you. And thank you for listening. Uh, We hope you join us next time. Same time, same station on Engaging Truth. Thank you for listening to this broadcast of Engaging Truth. Be sure to join us each week at this time. To help support our ministry, contact Evangelical Life Ministries, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas, 77410 or visit our website at elmhouston.org or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. Thank you.